dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host. Greetings and salutations. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com. My next guest is a graduate of the Stanford Graduate School of Business, a former Navy SEAL officer. Thank you for your service. He's the CEO of Biopharmaceutical Research Company, which is such a long thing to say. I'm not going to repeat that over and over in this program. For the sake of the audience, to save time, we will say BRC throughout. I'm here with George Hodgson. Thanks, George, for being on with us. It is my pleasure, and thanks for having me on today. We have a gentleman, a soldier, and a scholar with us. And I'll tell you, I feel past my pay grade and, you know, well below rank this interview, but I'm going to trudge on through. So let's get started. This past August, the federal government announced it would begin processing dozens of pending applications for permission to cultivate the plant for scientific research. This is a very important subject that, for those of you who've been listening to the program, where we've talked about the hemp bill and the implementation by the FDA. This has been something that's important because of the fact that, really, in order for us to go ahead and blow the stigma out of the water, I mean, really, to put a detonator and destroy any stigma that people have for the product, whether it's for adult use or medical use, and to get that idea of reformatness thrown away, it's all about research. It's all about what the research will tell, what the scientists can tell us about this, and then the message being conveyed to those people that need to see the light. So now, the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration's decision comes after several years of delay for some applicants and a lawsuit filed against the agency by one cannabis researcher. Quote, by Attorney Attorney General William Barr in a statement, he says, quote, I am pleased that DEA is moving forward with review of applications for those who seek to grow marijuana legally to support research, end quote. Bill Barr said the Department of Justice will continue to work to improve research opportunities whenever it can. As a result of this, you said this, George, quote, I started BRC with a dream of helping my fellow veterans use cannabis to treat their wartime wounds. The processing of these applications brings BRC one step closer to helping my fellow veterans find relief for their chronic pain, anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress, and other illnesses. The entire BRC team stands ready to work with the DEA throughout this process, and we are eager to get to work. Talking about your experience that you've come from, which brought you to wanting to help your fellow veterans to find the relief they need, and your pledge to expand research. Well, absolutely, George. I think the first uh, the first thing, as a former Navy SEAL, you kicked off the show by saying this is crucial to blowing blowing the stigma out of the water and putting a detonator in it. Um, that really gets me going. I love blowing stuff up, and my, my my former life was all about putting bombs or calling bombs into or onto things. So uh, I love the analogy. Um, Thank you. I've the, caught a movie or two at you, a time about it, so that's why I kind of throw that. Yeah, in. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, when you, uh, you, you, you put it perfectly, which is the next evolution or the next step for cannabis and cannabis being taken seriously, not just in the United States, but around the world is the research. And if you ask anyone uh, in the world who, and particularly the United States, particularly uh, regulators or politicians, um, 
there's been an evolution that's gone on. And maybe a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, cannabis was not to everybody, but to some people was kind of a fringe issue. And, and politicians and regulators didn't have to have an opinion. And they could say, hey, that's not in my talking points or, hey, I'm not prepared to discuss that. They can't do that anymore. 200 million Americans live in a place where they can access cannabis, uh, as you know, and have covered on the show before. And so now people that are, uh, shall we say, less progressive towards cannabis, their, their response is, well, hey, I, you know, we understand it may help some people, but before I have an opinion, I need to see the research. Historically, people have said, okay, great. Well, let, if you want the research, you better let us grow the plant so we can research it. Right. And the Justice Department and the Drug Enforcement Administration haven't allowed that to happen. There's been a single producer, a government sole source producer for cannabis for over 60 years. I don't think anyone would argue that a federal monopoly that's been going on for six decades is good for innovation or no. good for patients. And so this move by the administration and the attorney general uh, to finally act on a promise it made in 2016, so it took them three years to act on this promise, this is the first domino to legitimizing under DEA and FDA-approved research, legitimizing uh, a plant that has brought great relief, <clears throat> excuse me, great relief to people around the world. And uh, to some, it brings great fear and great stigma. Well, if you want to erase the fear and the stigma, let the experts study it. And so that's what this move is all about. And I think the one thing that's important to be said is that Congress and government is actually trying to move the ball a little bit. They're moving slow, but regardless of, the, of any divisiveness or any kind of issues where government just does not do anything at all, I keep seeing certain things across the board that show promise that regardless of what you know, the 2020 elections will give us, people that are promising legalization, decriminalization, what have you, these are the topics that are very important. Notably, when it comes to letting the cannabis businesses have better banking standards and having better access to banking, the Safe Banking Act will answer that. For hemp growers to be able to legally grow and to know what to do when it's properly hem implementing hemp growth and being able to procure it for CBD or whatever they want to use it for. That's important from being within the FDA. Now, let's talk about the research. As we mentioned before in this uh, statement that was being talked about, about moving forward with review of applications to grow marijuana legally. One of those, one of those groups that was in the lawsuit, one cannabis uh, researcher that has been talked about is someone that we know here on the network, Dr. Sue Sisley. Okay, U.S. Court of Appeals for District Columbia Circuit Court dismissed a lawsuit filed in June from the Scottsdale Research Institute that claimed the DEA was hampering federally approved marijuana studies by stalling cannabis cultivation applications. We've wanted to have her back on for a number of months here on the, here on cannabis radio in general, because she honestly, she's doing yeoman's work. I don't know how much support she's getting over there, but honestly, she's one of our fighters that's out there really trying to make the uh, just cause just to open the door for others to do research as well. Not just. What and she's and has been out there for a long time. Uh, right. You know, this is not a new thing for her. She's been a, a, a torchbearer and flag bearer um, kind of since day one, which is very commendable, I think. Thank you, Dr. Sue. Now, the Scottsdale Research Institute had hoped that a lawsuit would force the U.S. Attorney General and DEA to process this application to grow for clinical research. But the suit argued 
the DEA has created a monopoly, just like you mentioned before. Now, going on to what Sue Sisley said, she thought mentioned that federally licensed marijuana researchers are limited to low-grade cannabis without proper variety. That's what the focus is here, and which can compromise studies about medical marijuana and its effects and how the plant is realistically grown and used. She says the poor quality of the official test marijuana has affected the accuracy of her studies on the plant's potential treatment for post-traumatic stress disorder. So the research, again, it's not just the fact that we need to have product to use to research, but we need the better quality to really get that research done right. Absolutely. And the, you know, the interesting thing in, in my book is uh, you, if, if something is going to, if, if the gold standard is FDA approved clinical trial research, which is what the federal government is asking for, they're saying, look, if you want to use this or claim this as a medicine, then you've got to go through the FDA trials and the, and the traditional drug clinical trial pathway. Okay, great. Agreed. Makes sense. Let's put the best products in people and study them uh, for safety and efficacy. Well, you've got to give us a chance to make and use the product uh, if that's going to be the case. And the fact is, um, if you're going to require someone to demonstrate safety and efficacy by going through an FDA trial, that, that requires a very technical, highly controlled production process that you would see for any other drug or pharmaceutical product or anything that you're going to give to a patient. Why would we treat uh, cannabis medicine or cannabis, cannabis patients differently? They deserve the best. They deserve, uh, if we're talking about veterans and PTSD, uh, you sent veterans off to war. Why not allow them access to the best medicines and safest medicines when they come home. And so that it, there's a catch 22 here. They're saying, Hey, look, you've got to go through FDA trials. By the way, you're not allowed to produce a product that would stand up in FDA trials. Oh boy. So yeah. it, it, the, the, the catch 22 and dichotomy is really frustrating. It's almost, it's like your, your mom's telling you one thing and your dad's telling you another, and you're just sitting in the middle going, Hey, I want to do the right thing. You guys <laughs> tell me what to do. Uh, exactly. And you're getting yelled at by both sides. Yeah. So that's, what's been important here. What we're talking about here on this show is the fact that we're seeing what's being done, where the DEA is moving forward. The Attorney General is going to get this blessing. But now we want to talk about the fact that, well, it's just not just one group that's out there wanting to do research. Oh, no, no, no. That's why Mr. Hodgen is on our program, because he is working on his own while we're waiting for this DEA uh, approval to come into place so that we can open the doors for research and more applications being brought in and submitted. Well, George and Bio Pharmaceutical Research Company is doing such that. We're going to fill you in on what they're doing coming up after this break. Stay with us. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or eight years old. You can still learn something that's gonna make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The concierge for better living with Doc Rob. Only on cannabisradio.com. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah. 
how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at s-h-o-o-g-i-e-s dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. It's time to Hemp Resent. I am going to titillate your audio orifices with weekly radio rendezvous with some of the premier movers, shakers, and history makers of the cannabis community. Radio resident hempo sapien Vivian McPeak. I will be putting out a call to action on the issues of the day and putting your interests under the big lights as I provide cannabis commentary and weekly interviews that go straight for the nugular. Marijuana! Hemp Resent, only on Cannabis Radio. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to Blunt Business. I'm here with George Hodgson, the CEO of biopharmaceutical research company, BRC, as I'll be referring to throughout the interview. The University of California, Davis, announced recently its partnership with the DAA registrant, BRC. So you've already registered with the, DR, the, uh, with the DEA. So now you're an applicant to manufacture cannabis for federally approved research into the drug. So much like what we were talking about with the Scottsdale Research Institute in the same vein, that's what BRC is looking to do as well. Be an applicant to create and, and start doing research development on the plan to see what's really possible with this plan. So the university and company will be working together to analyze cannabis with sativa for potential applications in healthcare, law enforcement, and scientific research. Researchers from UC Davis and BRC will examine the chemical and biological profiles of cannabis on the company's lab, analyze the composition of cannabinoids THC and CBD, evaluate research methods in an attempt to achieve standardization, and to look into the interactions between cannabis and microbes, pathogens, and pests, according to the release. No cannabis will come onto university property as a result of this partnership. Talk to me how you're able to make this research partnership work without cannabis on site to test. So the... I'll clarify, there's no cannabis on site at the university. Uh, however, we at BRC have gone through the process to register with the DEA to research uh, and analyze the plant itself. Now, we can't cultivate it. Uh, we, we can't cultivate the plant here in our labs, uh, which is a little bit sad yeah. and frustrating, uh, mm -hmm. frankly. However, um, we can, we have access to federally compliant cannabis products through uh, places like the National Institute on Drug Abuse or NIDA, which has had the contract, or I should say administered the contract to produce uh, all of the federally compliant DEA approved cannabis um, in the country for years. So we can get their products, we can study them. Uh, we, under the Controlled Substance Act, um, can we grow it here? Absolutely not. Um, we would love to, and we're hopeful that the attorney general uh, is going to be true to his word that he said he's going to allow people to do that. Um, you know, like you mentioned, he said in August 2019. In our right. mind, um, you, even you, you see it with the hemp guidance, as you had already, already mentioned from the USDA and the FDA, and you hear people in where we are in the state of California, the regulatory agencies say, look, this is a new industry. We need to understand the biology, the chemistry, the pesticide applications um, that you that we understand for every other plant out there at a really 
really deep level, a lot of that basic scientific work and analysis just hasn't been done because of the prohibition on studying the cannabis plant. So with our partners at UC Davis, who are the best plant scientists in the world, we're doing a lot of the foundational uh, analytical work, literally just to understand the cannabis plant and how it operates um, sort of in and of it in and of itself, which is really exciting because, you know, there's few things in the world these days where that are so widely uh, consumed and available and accessed, but there's very little known about it um, by academia. And so this is a great opportunity to inform policymakers and politicians and law enforcement um, how the plant behaves so that they can create better regulations that make sense for industry professionals and keep the public safe. Uh, we're really excited about it. And overall, you would hope that with state regulations in place, the Bureau of Cannabis Control is the governing body in the state of California. You're in a market where medical and adult use cannabis can be grown all around you, but you cannot because <laughs> of the ET tag, the authorization that's required by federal authorities. But state authorities, um, well, that's a quick question I can ask. Would you ever go to the Bureau of Cannabis Control to kind of help prop up the idea of saying to the federal government, hey, can we have some jurisdiction here to help this group go ahead and be able to cultivate? We are open arms and above board, willing to engage with and excited to engage with anybody and everybody that wants to do this the right way. Uh, and what I mean by that is there is just a massive unmet need. Uh, if it's cultivation for research, if it's standard development, uh, understanding how pesticides can negatively impact a suffering patient that may be using medical cannabis. We are mm -hmm. here to help. That's why we started the business. That's why I started the business of BRC. So short answer, yes. If anybody wants to, any regulatory agency uh, is interested in collaborating or working together, we are here to do it. You know, you mentioned we're, we're in Monterey, California, and it's an interesting, um, it's just an, I think it's a great microcosm and illustration of the state of the cannabis industry in the United States today. We have a DEA compliant production facility um, that looks like Fort Knox without any gold in it. Right. And we can't cultivate cannabis. However, I can, you know, as a consumer, I, I could theoretically drive down the road about five minutes uh, and find acres of cannabis being cultivated around me. And I could go into a dispensary and purchase it for a couple bucks. Meanwhile, despite the fact that we've built this massive, expensive Fort Knox to be DEA compliant, uh, I still can't even cultivate a couple plants. And that, to me, illustrates uh, how far behind the federal regulatory regime is with the state regulatory regime. And my fear is that uh, they're going to miss out. The federal government... Uh, the federal government operates on trust, right? And at some point, people are going to look around and say, guys, come on, be reasonable. Uh, the state's already moving forward with this. We're losing tr our trust that you're being reasonable on this issue. There's a lot of pressure coming from the other countries. When you look to our north, well, first of all, to our south, we're going to see Mexico eventually legalize. So they have the process of open to, you know, for really to, to blow up and, and have a boom for retail out there for companies in America. They have the government that's putting a big roadblock in front. So Mexico is eventually going to be legalizing altogether. Canada is legalized, but of course their own government is also giving issues. We're going to talk to a couple of guests on our next program 
uh, in a couple of weeks um, about the fact of where the word militant is being used for the type of regulations they have to go through in order to produce edibles. Now that they're being allowed to do, you have a 60-day process to go through, and so many different parameters have to be put into place, so many different measures have to be put into place for security, for transparency, and for uh, just just for safety measures that have to be put into place just to go ahead and produce edibles. It's crazy. So let me go and get internally into the application. So BRC's cannabis cultivation application is pending. So research, research materials will now be acquired through DEA channels. The company plans to begin cultivation for research after receiving authorization from the DEA. So what is that supposed to mean? Are you going to be getting, you know, confiscated... <laughs> Confiscated, can, yeah. confiscated cannabis through research again low quality product is that what's going to be provided to you and what's God, to be authorized <laughs> yeah um yeah you know colombian cartel thank uh, you so much for the research product thank you so much test subjects love that yeah exactly uh <laughs> we're we're so worried about the long-term health effects of cannabis we won't let you grow it yourself in a clean way but Here's some ditch weed we grabbed off the street. <laughs> Feed that to your patients and give me a break. Um, but, you know, the, the short answer to your question is we don't know and we're still awaiting guidance, which is really uh, troubling and frustrating. We This program was initially announced to allow people to cultivate cannabis for research uh, in August of 2016. I believe largely in part to Dr. Sisley's lawsuit that you uh, mentioned a couple minutes ago, yes. um, you know, the federal government was certainly dragging its feet. They just, this was not a high priority, and despite it being incredibly important priority for me and veterans and the industry. I think Dr. Sisley's lawsuit probably forced the DEA's hand and they said, okay, the gig is up. We've got to move forward. So what happened in late August of this year, 2019, uh, the DEA came back and said, okay, we are going to move the program forward. Enough is enough. And the Justice Department, you know, which is DEA's parent agency, played a role in this, I'm sure. And they said, all right, we're, the gig's up. We're going to let people grow cannabis for research. However, we don't know how you're going to do it. Uh, so we need a couple more months to come up with the rules. One of those rules, I assume, that we're still waiting to hear on uh, is going to be, okay, where are we going to find the cannabis to allow these folks like me uh, to cultivate it. So is it going to come from confisc confiscated materials? We have no idea. Um, who the heck knows? All I know is hmm. we're anxious. We're ready. We've been waiting for three years. We care about patient safety and efficacy. So I hope that they entrust us to develop or acquire materials that are safe and useful as opposed to um, uh, confiscated or unsafe or uh, contaminated perhaps. So we don't know. We're just standing by patiently. Well, I'm glad that you're, uh, you're also one of the companies that's trying to make the effort to get this done. Work with the DEA, work with the governor bodies, try to get this research done. Because most importantly, and this is where I want to come across and make this crystal clear for listeners, if you want legalization to be possible, if you want the best possible argument as to why legalization in the United States should be done without hesitancy without hesitation research scientists offering results concrete evidence so that can be presented to congress people and say you know what we have no choice we need to vote on this now that will you, end you the can't argument. argue with the data exactly yes. that's a great point you can't argue with facts right like i you know five years ago people would say 
I don't want to talk about cannabis if you're a politician. Now, instead of saying that, they, you know, understandably say, well, let's just look at the data. Uh, okay, great. Well, we got to generate the data. So that's the phase we're in. So it's a long slog. The people that have been uh, advocating and fighting that, you know, the current industry were standing on their on their shoulders. They've been fighting it, the fight for decades. Um, and and we're thankful for that, for ele- for what they've done to elevate the importance in the national discourse. And in my belief, the next chapter, like you just so eloquently put, the next chapter is federally endorsed, federally approved research because it's indisputable. Once the data speaks, the data speaks. And that's what should drive policy and, and medical decisions and medical development. When I prepare for this program, my thing, and we're going to go to break in a second, is the fact that I see the mainstream media, the, the, the dishonest portrayal of what's being done here. And I said to myself, when I see certain people that are pundits that are being brought on to talk about the issue for uh, medical marijuana or medical cannabis or adult use, and I see, there's, listen, I see some advocacy people that are being basically teased brought on the program. They're basically taking the carrot, they're biting in, and then they get slaughtered because they have nothing to back up what they're saying other claims. And then, then when they get into a caught into a corner, then they have to start fighting back and saying, but you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. Well, here you go. Mainstream media. Listen, look, look at the research. Hey, if you don't have the uh, latest research, I can send it to you, you know, before you put me on the program, why don't you read it first before you start spewing what you don't know as well. Just saying for, yep. for my own point. Well, anyway, I'm here with the CEO of biopharmaceutical research company, George Hodgen. What I have, for all of you that you probably don't hear on the mainstream media is I have some new important news on research. I want to share that with all the listeners coming up after the break. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots and close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Candid. Captivating. Compelling. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. You got me again. All right. You got me again. Welcome to Cannabis okay. Confidential. Ah! <laughs> hey, we did it. We did it. Hey, Welcome. I have the coolest guest today. You guys already know the one and only Tommy Chong. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Cannabis Confidential. 
Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We are making headway on this conversation about the argument and the discussion of research for cannabis so that we can get more done and to actually get the push of legalization going forward. I think when it's all said and done, the overall goal will be for that. But most importantly also just to find out what else can be done with this plant. We want to know what else there is. So George Hodgins, CEO of Biopharmaceutical Research Company and uh, you know, your team, there you put the application in. The DEA is, ha- is registering you now. You're working with a great university and UC Davis to be able to get this done. You're trying to go through all the proper channels and I commend what you're doing for that. You're doing it absolutely right. And you know what I would love to see is things like we just saw recently with a new research review published in the journal called Lancet Psychiatry. A team of Australian researchers, give me a moment, I'm gonna read all this for you. A team of Australian researchers analyzed the results of 83 prior studies that looked at medicinal cannabinoids effects on mental health and neurological conditions, including depression, anxiety, Tourette syndrome, ADHD, PTSD, and psychosis. While they found positive results here and there, some studies showed evidence that pharmaceutical CBD TB's THC could lessen symptoms of anxiety and certain symptoms of PTSD, while another found limited benefits from taking CBD for psychosis overall. The literature provided, quote, little evidence for the effectiveness of pharmaceutical CBD or medical cannabis for the treatment of any of these mental health disorders. The author's right. Now, even the positive results may not be directly linked to cannabis, but the authors note that medicinal marijuana is often prescribed to patients for whom depression and anxiety are secondary conditions, that is a chronic disease that may be their primary diagnosis, which is, makes it hard to see how exactly the drug is helping. Cannabis could, for example, lessen chronic pain or nausea, which then leads to a reduction of mental health symptoms. That's a good outcome, of course, but it doesn't necessarily mean that cannabis is directly treating depression or anxiety. So they're saying there's results, but again, it's like they're, they're disputing the results themselves. What they found out was actually you know, constructive. What do you think about those research findings? Uh, I think they, you know, and, and if, if I've reviewed the study and I have a couple, uh, a couple reactions. The first is, you know, as somebody that fought for this country and that believes in America and believes in the American promise, yeah. it saddens me that we're relying on research and publications that takes place in other countries. That's Amer- that, sh- that research should be done here in America at the cutting yeah. edge Places, places like California that are leading the global charge uh, for cannabis reform, but are missing out on that research and those research dollars. I mean, think of the think of the intellectual property and the jobs and the scientists and the college students that could have been working on those things on those important publications. Why are we outsourcing our public health research 
to other countries. Let's do it here. That, we've got the greatest university system in the world. Let's put these people to work help, uh, solving our problems. That's my first reaction. The second reaction is, uh, you know, the, if you continue reading in the study, it goes on to say, you know, it, it states everything you said, and then it, it sort of ends with, but more high quality clinical research is needed. Could not agree more. We need yes. to understand those things. Uh, you know, and I, I don't think, I mean, cannabis is not going to be the panacea cure-all for every single person at every single stage of their life, right? Like anything else, there's times when it is good for you and times when it may be bad for you. Um, but it's irresponsible that we don't know those. And people are going to consume cannabis. The state governments have said two-thirds of our citizens are allowed to use cannabis. They live in a place where they can. Um, it's really irresponsible, in my mind, of the government uh, to, on one hand, allow that, and then on number two, on the second hand, not enable a framework that allows patients to educate themselves so that they can protect themselves. If, you, if you're predisposed for a mental health condition, according to the study, there's times when you shouldn't be using cannabis. I bet most mental health patients may not know that right now around the country. And that's a failure of our own regulatory system. That really saddens me because these are people that need help and that want help. Um, we should offer them the opportunity to help themselves in the most constructive manner. That, those more. are my reactions. No, I couldn't agree with you more. And like you said, we need more research. And, and, this, and, and there's no, no, this is nothing to say or dispute the fact that Australia is doing what they're able to do. Or especially, I see a lot of research coming out of Israel that's promising. And again, you know, it's like you said, well, where, where's the research where I can see for myself some, you know, blowhard uh, congressman says, well, I need to see this result. Or some mainstream media reporter or some opinion auditorial reporter needs to go and see the research, see the facts. Well, if they're done here, much more credible, much more reliable, with much more integrity. And as far as I know, uh, your company's not is, is for profit. So, I mean, you're actually you're putting money into this yourself. You're not looking for grants or any kind of research grants from anywhere else. This is you doing it yourself. You're putting the funding into it your own to try to make this possible. Absolutely, that's correct. That's the yeah, point. I mean, we, that's the point. And you know, it's it's really uh, ironic. I think if if and you, I've got to phrase this carefully. But yes. the if you want to talk about America first, then okay, let's make that's great. Let's do America first. I'm standing here with having built a facility that the DEA asked for in 2016 when they initially said we need more research. We'd hire we've hired a team of experts, former veterans and scientists and, and cannabis experts. We've invested in the place. We want to hire people. We want to pay taxes. Um let us do our work that you asked us to do in 2016 so that we can answer the questions, Congress, that you keep asking for. You know, we're ready. We're, we should be the American dream. Hey, Congress recognizes a problem and says we need, we need industry and, and entrepreneurs out there to fix it. We built the solution. Okay, let us work. That's what this country is all about. Uh, yes. And this is such a critical time with cannabis policy that it's being made smartly by people that understand it. The only way to understand it is to research it so that we can educate the policymakers. Um, we're ready. Let's go, Congress. We're, we, we, we're ready to go. Right. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, sit, we're sitting here ready to go. And the bottom line is, this is all a matter of the fact that it's bipartisan. 
there, this has nothing to do with politics at all. This is about helping people, helping save, you know, I mean, helping people have a healthier, happier life. Can we at least find out what's going on and get the word out there before everybody decides it's a bunk it? Because I know what's happening. There's a lot of other underlying factors why people are blocking and trying to, you know, put roadblocks into what's being done here because the inevitable is going to happen. The research will show some really great findings. I really believe that. And that's what's really the whole point. We all are, we are all encouraged. We all have great hope and confidence that we're going to see something good coming out of research, but the research has to happen. And all the things that are necessary to make that research happen has to be in play. So I, I appreciate what the attorney general and the DA are trying to do, at least pushing things forward without having congressional approval. And I think, you know, one thing I'm hoping for is I don't think the white house is holding back on this. I think they are letting things happen as they may. They don't need to be involved again, according to what I've read, it's a state's issue. So leave it to the states. But in this case, you know, you have to go and do the kind of research you want to do. You have to go through federal channels. It's unfortunate. Obviously, the bureaucracy is just bloated and it's overdone. And it, I don't feel like anything gets done in Washington, D.C. But I hope and pray that someone will find this program and will pass this along to Washington, D.C., to the right people, whether it's lobbyists, whether it's uh, Congress people, whether it's staffers, what have you. Please get the word out and say, you know what? This is a cause to get behind. Let's get research going here in America and learn what we need to learn. And if we don't, well, we find out what we find out. But we've already seen research that is showing there are good things to be seen. We need more time. We need more effort. We need the research to happen. And George, I am thank you for hedging the bed there and really helping to be one of those leaders to make that possible. I hope you get this DE authorization. And I hope to get to hear about, I hope to get to have you back on once we know that you got authorization and you're starting to do the research. Well, thank you. It would be my pleasure. And I could not echo your call to action uh, any louder and with any more conviction. Uh, Congress people and the government respond, as we've seen with the rest of the cannabis industry, they respond uh, slowly sometimes, but they do respond to uh, popular action and people want this. I mean, 92% of veterans today say they want the federal government to research if cannabis is an effective treatment for their PTSD and chronic pain because we're tired of the opioids. We're tired of the other stuff we're being prescribed. The time is now. And, and I think Congress is listening. I mean, when you've got, you said it so perfectly with, with uh, how bipartisan it is. When, when you've got Senator Feinstein of California and very conservative Senator Grassley of Iowa yeah. Uh, if they can agree on something or Senator Schatz of Hawaii uh, and, and Representative Matt Gates, a conservative out of Florida, yeah. when those folks can walk across the aisle to shake each other's hand, uh, despite all their differences in Washington today, and this is something they can agree on, you know, it's a slam dunk. People don't agree on anything <laughs> in Washington anymore. No, except this issue. Let's get it done. Let's get it over the finish line. Like I said, I'm a proponent for the States Act. I'm not, I have not uh, shade away from that. And that's an Elizabeth Warren, Cory Gardner written bill that I think would be the most effective. Sounds like the president would be on, would on for it. If it got to be a bill to sign, he'd sign it. Bill Barr would be behind it. I'm just saying there's, there is overall, the issue is getting notice. It's, it's visible. It's being heard. It, people are aware in Washington about it. And I think also most important, we could tell people, as always, when you have an issue you want your government to do something about, call your elected official, 
reach out to them, email them, do what you have to let them know that you care about this. Because as you said, the opioid crisis, uh, the things that are going on right now that are in the headlines, it makes this story front and center. So the conversation needs to happen, more action needs to happen. And with that said, George Hodgson, CEO of Biopharmaceutical uh, Research Company, thanks for making time to join us. I want to direct people to the website, biopharmaresearchco.com, so that people can learn more. And any place around social media or other places where you can learn the latest news about what's going on with you to keep, keep on track with what's going on with your application? Absolutely. You can follow me uh, on Twitter. I'm at GB Hodgin, H-O-D-G-I-N, at GB Hodgin, H-O-D-G-I-N. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. Love the show. Keep fighting the good fight. Thank you for all the work you're doing to shine a light uh, on such an important topic around the country and world today. My pleasure. I'm just glad we had a chance to put this together and we got a chance to talk about it. And I hope this conversation resonates with many people because this is very important. We're going to leave it there, George. Thanks again for being on with us. And thank you, listeners, for joining us for another edition of Blunt Business. You can always listen to the show through CannabisRadio.com. You can always download the show and subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.